0: Welcome to St. Corey Christian Center and our most recent podcast as we go through the book of Ephesians, chapter by chapter and verse by verse, as we learn what it means to be equipped. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Ephesians chapter 6, this is a very interesting topic we're touching on today. And it's important to the work of the church, it's important to the function of the believer. And may I say the ongoing victory of the believer And so Ephesians chapter 6 is where we're going. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, I'm going to start with. And it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor. Let's say it together, the whole armor. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the tricks of the devil. So if I'm going to stand against the devil, i got to put on. Have you ever, you ever hear this uh, line, oh, they're just putting on? That means acting. We're not acting. We're being. I'm not acting like a Christian. I am a Christian. I'm not acting as a church churchgoer. I'm a, I, I am a follower of Christ. Amen? We're not in the acting business. Honey, this is a real meal deal. I guarantee you God's not acting, and I can guarantee you Satan's not acting. Putting on means a physical form of putting it on, just like you put on your clothes this morning. For we do not wrestle. The reason we put on the gear that we need to put on is because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore because of that going on and that never taking a break and that never shutting off therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand stand therefore it's like it's like Pete and repeat said on a wall stand 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 right stand therefore Having girded or equipped your waist with the truth or haven't put on the belt of truth. You have me so far. I'm going to put this on. I'm going to gird my waist with truth. The New King James reads it like this. Standing there for having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Father, I ask that you anoint this vessel of clay today. I pray that you open up our hearts to receive today, and I pray, Heavenly Father, that we receive understanding and revelation. I pray you challenge us with your word. You move us with the power of your spirit, and Father, you have your way in this house in Jesus' name. And everybody said, belt. How many would agree the belt that you wear is pretty important? Sometimes I see these dudes going around, they ain't got no belt on. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, ain't going there today. Well, the other day, of course, of course, I need a belt. I'm not, I, just my stature requires I wear a belt or we'd all be in trouble, I guarantee you. And, uh, and I'm a creature of habit. I know that's hard to imagine, but I, I, I'm a creature of habit. If I, if I ever turned into an animal, I'd probably be a cat. <laughs> the other morning, I was putting my belt on and my belt broke. And I looked up Bonnie and I go, oh, dear. <laughs> I don't have suspenders like georgie has got on this morning. And uh, I thought, I'm in trouble. I, I, my belt broke. So we, we make and We come up with something. And, um, but anyway, that's my belt that I bought I don't know how long ago, and it broke. I remember one time I was traveling, and, um, and uh, you, know, you know how it is when you travel on airplanes. You, uh, you like to dress rather comfortable. And so I, I think it was, well, be at least 12, 13 years ago now. And I was in North Carolina, and I had to fly to Hartford, Connecticut, and I was getting on the plane in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, and I had gone, I was on a, and I'm I'm not saying this to braggadocious, and please get, understand where I'm coming from, but I was on a fairly lengthy fast, and um, I was much skinnier than I even am right now when I had these baggy jeans on. Back in those days, skinny jeans was not cool, and baggy jeans was, all right, and so, I I get to the airport and you know how when you get to security um, you you go through this thing and they and I forgot all about this business of you have to take your belt off and I, I was like the dude was like you got you got to take your belt off and I was like no no he goes yeah yeah I got to take it off and I'm like if I take this belt off not gonna be good and so. He, he, had, he had all the compassion, but thus, as far as he could go, he couldn't break the rule because I had to go through this, through this thing. And so I take my belt off, and honest to Pete, it's just like this all the way through. <laughs> Belts are important. <laughs> What's the deal? <laughs> The deal is this. John 14 and 6 put it this way. Jesus said, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except me. I must put on the belt of truth. Romans 13 and 12 says it this way. The night is nearly over. Thank God the night is nearly over. Amen. The day has drawn near, so let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Amen. You know, things will change here even next week. When you walk in here next Sunday, the seating will be, there will be more seats here back to a normal capacity, and you won't have to wear a mask, and you won't have to do the six-feet thing apart and all this jazz, right? And, uh, yeah, it's all good, all good. I choose to use this wording, I'm not going back, I'm moving forward. Amen? We're moving forward, Amen. And I'm not interested in going back to two years ago. We're interested in singing a new song and God doing a new thing. Amen? So therefore, we will put on the armor of light. Soldiers, when they fought in battle back in the day, it was important that they wore their belt. Their belt when they went to war, 1 Samuel 18 and 4 says, And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. It's important when you are fighting in war, you get your belt because the soldiers back in that day, what sustained it kept their sword to their side was the belt held it. It's important when you and I are fighting battle that we have on truth. You can have on a lot of things. You can have on airs. You can have on talent. You can have on abilities. You can have on giftings. But if you don't have truth, you were nothing but a standing brass and a tinkling cymbal. You were just nothing but putting on a show or an act. It is important. If there's ever a day that is important for the church to have truth, it is right here and right now. Amen. There's a lot of doctrines and there's even what the Bible calls doctrines of devils that will tickle people's ears and even in the last day the scripture says that people will cry out asking for doctrines that will tickle their ears but it won't save their soul and there's a call and there's a cry for the church one more time to ring the bell and wear the belt of truth because the only thing that will keep the church strong and safe and well is the truth of the living God. Amen? When you and I are going to battle, it's important that I don't wear a broken belt because I need to go to battle. But I need something to hold my sword. I need truth with my sword. Therefore, I will fight the battles and we will have victory. But I cannot go with a broken belt expecting to win the day. I'm a kind of a weird nut and I realize that and I do not need to hear an amen. (laughs) Amen? But I'm the kind of guy that if I leave the house, there's two things that I need or I feel like I'm, I, I'm just not, I'm not together. One is my belt, and number two is my watch. Weird that way. I don't know what it is. But I need my belt and I need my watch. And in the spirit realm, it ought to be the same thing. I need to be walking 24-7 with and in truth. Amen? When I'm fighting battle, I want to fight the battles with truth. Truth. My dad always said this, lie you've got to remember, truth you don't. It has its own two feet, and it will stand on its own. The prophets, when they prophesied, they wore a belt, 2 Kings 1 and 8. So they answered him, a hairy man wearing a leather belt around his waist. And he said, it is Elijah the Tishbite. I got doing some research and found out when they traveled and walked a long ways, sometimes the prophets would carry a scroll. And they put the scroll inside of their belt to hold it when they went on their long walks or their camel drives. When the prophets wore it, they knew they had the word with them. Jeremiah 13. 13 and 1 says it like this. Then the Lord said to me, go and get yourself a linen sash and put it around your waist. and But do not put it in water. We find over and over, and I could go on just for a little while, but I can't this morning. A prophets that wore their belt. May I say as the prophets in the five-fold ministry in 2021 that we need true, truth prophets. There's prophets out there that are giving words that are bouncing off walls and ceilings and not everything is of God. But you'll know it's of God when the prophet declares it, the spirit agrees and the word comes in alignment with that word of God. It was also, this, this girdle, this, this belt was also a symbol of strength and power. Job chapter 12, verse 18. With him are strength and prudence. The deceived and the deceiver are his. He leads counselors away plundered and makes fools of the judges. He loosens the bonds of kings and binds their waist with a belt. Another one with authority and power. Isaiah 22 and 21. I will clothe him with your robe and strengthen him with your belt. I will commit your responsibility into his hands. And he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. And Isaiah 45 and 5. I am the Lord and there is no other. There is no God beside me. I will gird you though you have not known me. Isaiah 11 and 5 says it like this Righteousness and faithfulness are the girdle of the Messiah. And when Paul was penning Ephesians chapter 5, or just Ephesians chapter 6, and writing down 13 and 14 and 15, a lot of scholars will take you back in your reference study to Isaiah 11 and 5. I'm presenting a truth to us this morning, that the truth must march on. Amen? Amen. There's a lot of stuff going on in this earth today, and it's important that the church knows the truth. John 17 and 17, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. There's a lot of stuff going on on social media. We've heard the word lately, fact-checkers. Yeah, it went quiet now, didn't it? And it's not always fact. What the fact-checkers fact to be fact. I was even fact-checked. I put a little saying on Facebook there a few weeks ago. And I, it was just a little saying. Didn't amount to a hill of beans, but I was fat checked and they flagged me and took it off my page because I didn't like it. But I tell you what will not shut up. And I tell you what will not be censored. And I tell you what will not be shut down and taken away. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Amen. It is time for the word of God and the word of truth to be declared. If you preach truth, if you declare the truth of God, it will stand on its own two feet. It will take people out of sin and put them in righteousness. It will take sickness and eradicate it from people's bodies. It will turn people's minds around when truth takes a stand. Amen? Give diligence to present yourself approved of God, a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed, properly handling or dividing the word of truth. Then Jesus said to them, Jews who have believed, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen? It is time that the church say, what is truth? I'm telling you, there is truth that needs to be declared and brought out to a dying and decaying generation. But it doesn't have to remain that way. There is a truth to get out to the world and out to our highways and out to our byways. And that's why when we're going out to war, it is time that we are not running around with broken belts. But we have something that is ready, that is equipped, that's working. Amen. I take you back to my little story of getting on the airplane. I get on. But if you ever I, I'm a fast walker and every day I, I take my little app. does anybody ever track your steps on your on your phone or your your wristwatch or whatever you track tracked? Yeah. Your, and the, the big number for me is 10,000. If I get 10,000, Roddy, you're a walker, you're a jogger, you're a runner. And I, I, every day I get out, it's just a habit of mine. to get this out, and how many steps to get in today? And so, of course, last two or three days, we've done a lot of walking. And um, if you've ever been downtown Halifax, it's just easier to park the car and just go walk wherever you want to go. And so when I walk, she's a brisk walk. I'm not just shuffling along. It's usually a pretty brisk. Well, when I was getting on that airplane, I couldn't just briskly take off for obvious reasons. The church in 2021. You need your belt on. So you can move properly and operate properly and briskly and move forward and have nothing hinder you. Amen. Amen. When you got the truth with you, then I don't care what demonic force. I don't care what opposition comes your way. I don't care what tries to hold you back or shut you down. When you have truth, the gates of hell knows not what to do with it. They will flee. Amen. Therefore... It's important that we have our mind girded about us with the truth. John 4 and 24 said this this way. God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I must make up my mind that I'm not just being in truth. I'm going to worship in truth. I'm going to sing about this God that it is well with my soul. I'm going to believe God with all my heart that within my heart and my mind and my soul, I'm going to be in that truth that my soul Soul as well. The enemy can tell you all kinds of things if he wants to, but at the end of the day, it is well with my soul. 1 Peter chapter 1 says it like this in verse 13. Wherefore, gird about the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. I'm going to gird up the loins of my my mind, I'm going to be strong. My mind is going to be wearing and living and thinking truth. Why is this so important? i tell you why it's important. is because the truth that we stand for, Satan is totally against. And I'm, I, I, I tell you this morning that everything that's going on in this earth right now, it is Satan's agenda to keep on sending earth even closer to hell than it already is. You with me? What holds it back? What holds back from hell just having its complete crazy way? What holds it back is the truth that the church stands on. He say well what part can I play a big part the place that the church plays right now is that we are the truth it is not the local governments it is not some local official that declares truth what declares truth is the very word of the living God even Jesus stood in front of Pilate and asked that question and understand back in that day that those folks the emperors and the leaders of that day were considered in a level of deity but even he looked at the eyes of the Christ I said, what is truth? And Jesus just stood there. What role do you and I have to play in this day and age? I tell you, if, you're, if your mind is playing games with you and Satan is attacking you or demonic forces are on your case, when you start declaring the truths and the word of God, when you start declaring the ways of God and the word of God, you walk away free. Where did North America go wrong? Where did Canada start going sideways? Where did USA start going sideways? I can tell you when. When we took the word of God and the prayer of the living God out of our schools and out of our parliaments and out of our legislatures, that's where our countries went wrong. We must get the word of God back into these houses again. Blessed is the nation who calls upon the Lord. Amen? You say, well, what can we do? Reach out to your Christian leaders. Reach out to your God-fearing leaders and say, are you taking a stand for the truth of the word of God? It is time that Canada hears the truth of the word of God one more time. Amen. This truth that you and I dearly hold, this treasure that's in earthen vessels, it's not designed to cocoon in four walls and talk about it at a little picnic here on Sunday. It is time to get the truth of the word of God to the highways and the byways and everywhere we go. That's why Jesus commanded them and said, go ye into all the earth. Just Saturday morning, Jill was telling me before we started today, that they gathered together in prayer, and they prayed, prayed over Canada, and over this great nation of Canada, and I love Canada, there's no other nation on the earth I'd rather live in, but I'm hurting for Canada, I'm burdened for Canada, because I know hope lives here, and I get all that, but somehow the church has gotten silent on the reality that God is still the delivering, working, power, wonderful Savior that He is. May we not grow silent. May we not grow weary. But may we be sober, alert, and well aware. Not only that, he, he admonishes us to be ready for service. Again, I'll go back to my little silly belt example. I don't know what it is, but even if I go out to or mow, I need to have a belt on. I know I'm weird. I get that. But I want to be Ready? When I go to work, I want to be ready for work. I want, to be, I, want, I want to be equipped. I want to be ready to go. I got to be ready for service. I want to be instant in season and out of season. If God presents an opportunity in front of me right now, I want a belt on that's working. You with me? I want the mind of the Spirit now. Uh, If someone comes my way Tuesday afternoon and needs help, I shouldn't have to go away on a 30-day fast and get the mind of the Spirit. If I'm walking in the Spirit, I'll get an answer. I'll get direction. I'll get strategy when I'm ready for service right now. Say, well, I don't understand what you mean. If you're driving down the road and someone's hauled over because they got a flat tire and you can pull over and help them, you don't got to, you'd say, well, I got to drive home and I got to study three manuals and I got to read some books to find out how to change that tire and then I'll be back. That'd be silly, wouldn't it? No, no, yeah, where's the jack? Where, where, where's, the, where's the thing to get the thing up? Where's the, where's the wrench to get the bolts off? How do we get this done? Let's put, get this new tire on to get you going. In the spirit realm, that's where the church needs to be. We must be ready. We must be equipped. We must be sober. We must be diligent. We must be at full-time alert. So when something comes your way and my way, we can deal with it right on the spot. Exodus 12, I'm not going to take the time to read all of it today. Go home, it's pretty encouraging and exciting reading. At least it is for myself. But it talks about how it is they were continually ready for Passover. Their loins were girded and their their shoes were on their feet. And staff was in their hand and they were ready to go. Even Jesus talked about it in Luke chapter 12. And he said, let your loins be girded about you. To talk about being ready when Jesus Christ comes back for the church. I believe God's saying, buckle up, buckle up. Second Samuel chapter 22, verse 40 says like this. You have girded me with strength to battle. Then that rose up against me, you have subdued under me. I know that the church is hearing the spirit of the living God and saying, buckle up. Buckle up. Where is this evil day right now? I was doing some reading this week and not to get into all the detail of it, but of course, I kept reading this phrase, as it was in the days of Noah. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Go do some reading about what was it like in the days of Noah. I got reading and realized that even before Noah's time and even his great grandfather Enoch would write In his writings. And I realize it's not in the canon of scripture. It is more of a historical evidence book. And reality of what it was like. When Enoch was going through his generation. And seeing evil being launched in and leashed out onto the earth. And Noah saw four and five generations of that unleashing of the demonic spirits across the earth. And God had to finally deal with that. But God's way of dealing with it one more time was truth. There is a call to the church and for the church in this season that is coming upon us to ramp up truth in such a great dimension. What was it about Jesus Christ born in a manger raised in the fear and the stature of God and man? What was it about this guy that could just launch into ministry and even at the age of 12 just boggle the minds of guys that had their Ph.D. in the Pentateuch. He'd walk in just a little boy that's supposed to be just following mommy and daddy home. But he sits there and opens up Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and so on. And begins to just boggle their minds and blow their minds apart with questions and answers. And pontificate about Jehovah Jireh. About the God our healer. About God our way maker. And God has a plan. It blew their mind. Why was it? Because there was religion from generation to generation after generation. That was in those sad, sad synagogues and in those places. You had the Sadducees with their beloved robes and their get-togethers and their belief system. You had the Pharisees with their little lines and their little rules and regulations and how proud they were and how they looked. You had the Herodians over here and the same and how they connected to the Jews and to the Romans and they looked so pompous and so popular. But for some reason, as good as they looked and as great as they sounded, truth was not going out in Palestine and there was a dying generation going on. On, even though church was happening every weekend, you with me? They got together every Saturday, they did their prayers three times a day, read the scripture. Go to Israel, they're still doing it. Why the need for a Christ if the place is already full of church? Just because you got church doesn't mean you got truth. There will be a separation. There will be a separation between the sheep and the goats. And these are the closing days of time. And the churches that are preaching the truth, you will be protected. And those that compromise, God will take his hand and his eye off you. There are are truths that are not up for debate. Truth that we preach weekly behind this desk is not subject to change. It is not subject to perfection. And this truth is never in transition. There are four things that are irrevocable. The power of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God. Satan is the father of lies, and so the Christian that knows the truth, you will not be deceived. Those that manage to stay firm and know the truth, and by the truth, and sell it not you will be strong as a tree planted by the water without the truth of God without abiding in that truth we will be as a tumbleweed Satan is the master of lies and deception and the chief focus of his lie I want you to get this and write this down because this is the chief focus his focus is not to give you a flat tire his focus is not to give you a bad day. His focus is not to rob your money from the bank. His focus is not to get you grumpy against your spouse. His focus over the church. His lie over the church. Is the revelation of God. And the nature of God. And the character of God. And if he can get the church away from the nature of God. God the revelation of God and the character of God He doesn't care if we play patty cake He doesn't care I realize this message that I'm preaching I could get on TV and preach it across Canada and USA right now because it is a message for the local and the global church I have felt for so strongly for such a quite a bit of time now and I am not the only one that during this season of time that we've been through and I realize it's absolutely nuts and crazy I get all that but God has set up the stage and God has set up the time and I know that during this season of time right now those that look so great with the lights and the dazzle That was so entertaining, drawing crowds in. God is starting to say, okay, you're mine and you're not. You're mine and you're not. You're mine and you're not. I know that's hard words. But it comes right down to us. Broken belts don't work. Watered down truth doesn't work. A half a truth is a full lie. It doesn't work. I am the vine. And you're the branches. Abide in me and I'll abide in you. Abide in me and I'll abide in you. Stay with me, says the Lord. Stay with me says the Lord, follow my hand, follow my way, I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock. It will be well with your soul to stay with the truth. It will be strong and it will be hard at times. It won't always follow the narrative. I promise you there will be times you will be censored. There will be times where it won't sound great because it's not following the media narrative. There's only one narrative that the church needs to follow and these six 66 books hold a very clear narrative that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe on him would never perish but have everlasting life. And he came into the world not to condemn the world but through him the world might know him and the power of his resurrection. There's something alive and there's something well with the church and the power of the blood of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost when we know that the Church is still marching on Liboshakarabah. Mm-hmm. Buckle up mm-hmm. Buckle up. Holy Spirit saying you can take off the mask. got a book order called unmasked by David Jeremiah I know these things we've been lugging around for don't know how long now but in the spirit realm we've been doing it longer than 24 or 36 months masked up putting on how do you know because when I'm talking to people I got to ask them five ways and five different questions to find out how they're really doing How are you and Jesus really doing? It's time to stop putting on and acting and put on the whole armor of God that you can stand. And above all, stand. So, why don't we stand together in God's presence this morning across this room? You see, I'm weary. I'm thirsty. I tell you right now, if you're operating in the flesh, you will be weary and you will be thirsty. But it's time to put on the whole armor of God. It's time to put on a belt that works. God works. The truth works. That's why Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation, to the Jew first and to the Greek. The truth of God always works. That's why Jesus could look at a grave and he could look at a disease and look at a problem and deal with it right on the spot. Because when truth shows up, God works. We're going to open up the altars immediately this morning. And we're gonna believe God for the miraculous. We're gonna believe God for deliverance. We're gonna believe God for the revelation of truth. We're gonna believe God for the revelation of God, which is God incarnate Jesus Christ, robed in flesh, died on a cross, ascended into heaven, poured out a spirit, and is coming back for the church. That is the revelation of God that his love never changes, that his power never changes. He's no respecter of persons, and he'll reach down from the guttermost and put you to the uttermost, knowing that God God is love. Where are you at today my friends? We as a body, we as individuals, I say let's put on this truth. Let's put this truth on. Let's buckle up. If I'm doing a flying trip up through McDougal, that's a road up through the woods. There's no. I don't know if there's a speed sign I haven't seen one I just say to Bon Bon buckle up because I'm about to give her and we'll look up and say we're in Gary already yeah <laughs> it's a miracle church buckle up God's about to ramp this up and we're about to go for a ride, the ride of our lives. Because the old men are gonna dream some dreams, the boys are gonna see some visions, and the former and the latter are gonna to reign together. We're gonna to see an outpouring, an outpouring, an outpouring of the power of the Holy Spirit. Church, buckle up, buckle up, buckle up. This altar's open for somebody who says, You know what? I just wanna be stand strong in the power of God. I want to stand strong in the power of God. Maybe you're here today and you don't even know Jesus Christ. Maybe you're online today and this is your first time. Or maybe you've never committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. You've never confessed with your mouth and with your heart and your mind that Jesus is Lord. That's what today is for. That's why you can today put on and you can stand. Put on Jesus. Put on Jesus. Thanks for tuning into our podcast today. We pray that you've been equipped and encouraged. Continue to follow us on sccc.online and there will be resources and tools available to you. And reach out to us at any time if we can help. Have an amazing day.